I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad. This is built on their shoulders. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? You sound insane. You like that? The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Hello, my friends. We meet again. It's been a while. Where should we begin? I am Brian Gill, the host of Bad About Movies, joined as always by my co-hosts, the Scott Phillips and Mark Tremonti, to my Scott staff. It's Kent and Richard. How's it going, boys? Hopefully I'm Tremonti. Because uh, I don't know the other guy. I mean, if you're Tremonti, you're still a touring musician, but you're also Mark Tremonti, so I don't know. Yeah, but I get to be an alter bridge, Brian. I mean, what life would you want? Friend, to I have a friend who's really still into that kind of scene, and don't worry, I perpetually make fun of him. Um, but Tobin, right? Know, like, well, it's Matt. I think you've met Matt. Uh, Hillbilly Matt is what we call him around here. Um, he loves this band called Trivium, which is just like being punched in the ears. It's so terrible. Mm. And at some point, a couple of years ago, he was like, will you guys go with me to a concert if I buy the tickets? And I said, absolutely not. And uh, Tobin is is too 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 kind, too nice. Much you said no person. without even knowing the bands. Oh, no, no. I knew. He was like, it's a trivia oh, okay. concert, but what if I buy it? And I was like, no, absolutely not. No, thank you. And Tobin was like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll go. And then the opener was whatever Mark Tremonti's other band is besides Alter Bridge and so you had to sit through both of those and I was like well that's what you get for that's what you get for being a nice person um I will I will not be there with you guys so fun times fun times what we is this other band called Creed 3 Tremonti yeah. it's just uh, called Tremonti right I think so I think you're right yeah yeah they're the Van Halen of our generation <laughs> everyone says so the everyone Bon Jovi Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Tremonti. The Nirvana, maybe, even, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> My favorite thing would be if if Creed scene. got if if Scott Stapp rejoined Creed, mm-hmm. but he just joined Alter Bridge. <laughs> they, <laughs> they went by Alter Bridge with Scott yeah, Stapp. Yeah. With Scott Stapp. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> and they made him play all the Alter Bridge music. Yeah, he's just like, I just don't want to sing higher anymore, guys. Like, oh, yeah, we get like, it. Dude, we yeah. haven't done 20 years of material for nothing. <laughs> I would love to hang with you guys, to bro down. Uh, I just don't want to sing our songs. Oh, yeah, we got you. No problem. No problem. It'd be a funny bit. I should do that. <sighs> wow. I should do that. Um, it's Mad About Movies. We're not talking about the uh, post-grunge band we're talking about creed 3 and the creed verse with michael b jordan and jonathan majors uh, i'm not coming in as hot as excited. i did on creed one sorry let everyone down <laughs> i forgot i forgot about that forgot about that richard had a great night before we recorded uh creed back in 2015 i think so <laughs> i forgot about that 
to give Kent PTSD. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> maybe that's why. It was a great episode, but edited a lot. I think. Um, I just, by the way, I just right. rejoined Pocket per Brian's recommendation, the article uh-huh. saving app. And I was just going. I had not been on there since 2015. And I just was going through and deleting all my old things so I wouldn't get confused. All the articles I had saved from 2015, and there was like six think pieces on OG Creed. It was really awesome. weird because like I just did this 45 seconds ago, and then we hop on. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. It was that in the Clubhouse app. There's a lot of Lamarcus Aldridge trade rumors um, stuff. I'm out of it. Back in reality. Thank you. It's good stuff. Good stuff. This movie is uh, several years in the making. It was supposed to come out last year. I had it in the movie draft. R.I.P. Uh, How did that end up, by the way? How did the movie draft end up? What if I was a real... You won. What if I was a real Devin Booker about it the rest of the year? Here's the question, though, Richard. Mm Mm-hmm. If Brian had lost, would we have known about it? Or would it have just been like, <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Oh, no. Look, yeah, turns the, out I the won. Results, the results have been lost. Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> COVID, guys. You know? you, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you watch COVID, uh, guys. 50 Shades free yet? Freed yet? When are we getting that content? Hitting our I got to watch 50 Shades and uh, 50 Shades Darker first. <laughs> so so you that's know. what I've been doing. I got you know got to do my due <laughs> ten minutes a day. first. Got to understand the context. Yeah, uh-huh. can't just go yeah. in blind, yeah, so right. to speak. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let us let us know. I know the VIP is. When's uh, it due? When do I? When do I have to? Have well, it look. I think done? we should. Do, I think we probably do the summer movie draft in yeah. like two weeks, maybe. So, okay. Like you know, by then. That would, yeah. That would be usually it was yeah. due uh, by the time the next one yeah. happened, and yeah. so once we get the next one. On the books, on the docket, then uh, sure, then then yeah. we'll knock it out. I think so I think movie draft so this year, <laughs> at least uh, round one, will be like April first. Like the mo- movies that come out in April through August will be eligible. So we'll cool. probably uh, probably do that episode, you know, late March. So you got a couple weeks. You got All a right, weeks. So cool. All right, we're talking Creed three. Um, I we've we've vamped enough, so let's just let's get into this thing here. I was very excited about this movie. Creed, the original Creed from 2015, is one of my ten favorite movies of all time. We put that on my our updated list that we did for episode 800 or or whatever that was. I rewatch it pretty frequently and just sob. It's a perfect movie. Creed two is a lot. It's very good. A lot of fun. Couple things here and there that are that are missing. Partly they're missing Ryan Coogler. And uh, and like just greatness behind the camera, I think a little bit. Creed three's been uh, been out there for a couple years. Thought it was going to come out last year, didn't. Now it's here. Uh, and Jonathan Majors so hot right now. Uh, feels like he's he should be. I, you know what? I'm actually good with it. He should be in every movie for the rest of the year. I think just digitally add him. To yeah, can we movie. add him to the Titanic 25th anniversary? <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. That sounds great. And the Leo role. I was uh, I was very excited about this movie, and uh, I, not to spoil it, but I I was not disappointed by the returns. Kent, going to you first. Where were you at on the anticipation for this thing? And uh, give us your your general thoughts. Very very high on the anticipation level, guys. We love these movies. This has been one yeah. of our favorite, I feel like podcast series that we've talked about. Uh, with the Mam Fam, with just us three, we've seemed to really enjoy these. I don't know 
if the general public loves these as much as us, I guess these are really big. It's just funny. The Rocky series, the association with Rocky. My entire life, Rocky has been a series. I'd put it ahead of like Avengers in terms of a series that people just care about. Mm -hmm. Like you can't say anything negative about Rocky. (laughs) It's pretty like offensive to a lot of people to say you don't like Rocky. And then when you get Rocky, you don't understand it. That has been fascinating over the years to, uh, to grow up with. I'm pro Rocky, so it's been easy for me, but it's just hilarious how passionate people are about Rocky Mm -hmm. and the Rocky series. And so I was wondering with Creed three, you know, how much would it lean into that? It's origin. How much would it want to be its own thing? That kind of thing. So I was curious to see the direction Michael B. Jordan would go with this thing Mm -hmm. now that he's in the director's chair. And so piqued my interest there. Can't say I was let down at all with this one. Um, There's just something about this character, the series that uh, I love. I hope they make more Mm -hmm. Creed movies. So without getting spoilery or general thoughts, that's uh, kind of where I am on it. Sweet. Richard, what about you? Very uh, hotly anticipated. I remember being like, I'm trying to assign a certain percentage to this. 4% sounds about right. Let down by Creed Mm 2. Still loved it. But like the first Mm -hmm. one was so awesome. So like I was, you worry that after a second, that maybe isn't quite as good as the first. A lot of times that third really takes like the big drop. Yeah. Plus Coogler not directing share, you know, love Michael B. Jordan, whatever. Um, but was still, you know, love the character, excited to see it again. I love boxing movies. I love Rocky movies. I think these Creed films are, are vastly superior to the Rocky movies just because they're, they feel more modern. They don't have the meandering seventies and eighties thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so it was, it was cool. And was, I was absolutely jazzed for it. Right gang. Um, oh, they're jazzed. Um, but yeah. And then, and then kind of instantly it was you know, hair standing up the back of my neck again, loving this mm-hmm. all the way through. So without getting too much into it, yeah, this one this one was like being surprised all over again where where this could go. Loved it. It felt like the most maybe realistic sports movie ever in that like, gosh, those actors really looked like boxers. Yeah. You know, like Sly kinda does, but like the other day he looks like an actor playing a boxer. And certainly that happens a lot with football and basketball and Baseball can kind of, because baseball players don't really look, you know, Corbin Burnson kind of looked like a third baseman in the 80s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but an old third baseman, but um, that's my go-to. I would say this is the Corbin Burnson of films, but yeah, but it just felt, it felt like a real, you know, a lot, and especially a lot of it that takes place kind of within the sports averse that we follow and all, and all the Creed films have, you know, there's like PTIs in the first one and stuff like that. It felt really... Right. It really scratched that sports itch in a, in a great way, mm-hmm. and and is a great awesome movie. And I I don't know, man. Coming out of this one, I was really mad I didn't watch Creed again because I'm like, now this is my favorite one. Nice. Th- this is crazy. Um, I got a couple things for you guys here. Uh, first Creed made twenty mi- twenty nine million dollars opening weekend. 
Uh, Creed 2 made, I believe, $35 million opening weekend. This thing made $58 million opening weekend and 115, I believe, overall worldwide. In a harder, definitely a harder theatrical environment for sure. Significantly so. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's a huge, huge number. So much so. This this kind of blew my mind. I saw this about two minutes before we started recording. That's the best open for a sports movie ever. Wow. Ever. <laughs> like, kind of... Uh, I don't know. Dog I mean, fighting draft day is considered a drama, though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And dog fighting, I mean, in terms of jets, not actual dogs, <laughs> I think is a sport. So Top Gun 2, mm-hmm. I think right. that was a sports sure. movie. So Sure. That's true. That's true. Certainly has the beats of a sports movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see your point, Richard. Like, that does kind of feel like a. They play football in it with two balls. (laughs) There you go. Yep. That's sports. Football in this one, volleyball in the other. Yeah. That's a sports movie. That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Sports movie. The, you listen, Kyle. This that's your uh, that's your opportunity to review uh, Top Gun Maverick on big screen sports. It's yeah. got everything about yeah. coaching and teamwork and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, in, it all in goes there. together. You got to fight the enemy. Together. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm interested. Fifty-eight million dollars opening weekend is is crazy. I'm wondering this, though, guys, in this economy, and I want your thoughts on this. How much of this is the Jonathan Majors effect? Because he's in the other movie that's out right now, Ant Man, mm-hmm. in a huge Cocaine way. Bear. Oh, right. No, he was the bear. Yeah. <laughs> well, he just didn't know. That's how versatile he is. Uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, star is rising. And I think Michael B. Jordan's a bigger star now than he was yeah. when Creed 2 came out. And then you have all of this time, probably during the pandemic that people went back and revisited those movies mm-hmm. or re- or discovered them for the first time. And so, yeah, I think a lot, there's a lot, oddly, that benefited it, that like, natural marketing that you can't buy, which is the two stars. Uh, obviously, they bought those, but um, mm-hmm. they couldn't count on the peaking that they have. I mean, the fact that Jenna Ortega is in this Scream movie Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> like they lucked out so hard. I'm like sure. getting Jenna we're taking this. That's it's gonna make twice as much because she's in it, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's almost I'm I'm wondering how much of this is Creed, how much of this is star power. Yeah, I think it's a culmination of of a few things. I think it's it's both of those things you mentioned there. They did a great job of marketing and advertising this thing. Um the trailers are good. Yeah. The trailers were also like really well placed. It didn't feel like at least for me, I didn't feel like we got um, Creed trailers for nine months, yes. you know, leading up to this. I think that was a smart, smart play. I think studios need to follow that lead. It's fine to do that for the five biggest movies of the year, maybe the three biggest movies of the year. But but especially when it's something like Avengers, you know, or or if Justice League didn't have all the baggage that it has, you could understand why. Warner Brothers in DC would would maybe try to to do that kind of marketing campaign for months and months and months and months. We don't need nearly as much of that for a lot of these things. Uh, so they advertised it really well. They they marketed it really well. There was a great study. I think it was when like Fast. It was one of the Fast movies. I, I think it was either. I think it was Seven, but I could be wrong on that. And obviously that was pre pandemic and stuff. But they talked about how movies that are 
that represent underrepresented people and people groups actually do really well at the box office though when you put a lot of marketing behind them and uh i think that helped in this situation as well they really kind of leaned into who who their stars are and um I, I, th- I thought they did a fantastic job with 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 all of that stuff. So, but this is a huge, huge hit, huge number for this thing. I remember going to Creed two, mm-hmm. the opening weekend, and it was sold out. The yeah screening I went to, it was the worst screening experience I've ever had. I think I talked about it on that episode. I had mm. a screaming kid next to me during the the trailers so loud that I had to move mm-hmm. down to the front row for the rest of the movie. Yeah, where a guy wouldn't get off his cell phone in the front row. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was one of those. So I have PTSD to the experience of seeing it, but I remember just mm-hmm. how packed it was and just being shocked. Like, God, how th- this many people have to see this uh, right when it comes out? Because it felt like a movie. It's like, oh yeah, I'll catch this one on Redbox in a few months or or all that. And Brian, I think it just shows that people and Top Gun showed this as well that people want to mm-hmm. support good movies that yeah. aren't superhero movies. I think that gives people more of an incentive to go out and support it. Sure. If it's not a, a Marvel movie. Yeah. I mean, I definitely more rare. We, yeah. I mean, we, we saw that with, we, we talked about it a, a bit or maybe quite a bit with, with uh quantum mania, Richard of, of the Marvel fatigue, superhero fatigue and whatnot. And, um, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready yet to say, you know, this is hey, theaters are back, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I think we're, we declare that not us, not the, the three of us, but like the industry as a whole, like declares movies dead and, and uh, resurrected just way, way, way too frequently. But, but I do, I don't know, Richard, it does feel like maybe there is a bit of a, a bump right now on, we're kind of tired of, of uh, these kind of movies, but we still, do like seeing a movie like maybe yeah maybe there is something to this i don't know yeah i think so i think you know this one is you know michael b jordan is certainly a movie star he the next jump for him will be like is he going to have an eight to ten year run or is he going to Mm -hmm. have a 25 year run that's kind of the next ring or rung or whatever to climb for him but he certainly has a big run it has an emerging star in Jonathan Majors. It has a great trailer. It's, it was really, you're right, it was well-timed for the marketing. They partnered really well with smart things. Sports lends itself to that. Mm-hmm. You know, the only yeah. thing people watch on TV anymore are sports. And so right. you can put Creed ads on there and you have an audience that maybe is, is you know, a persona that's interested in seeing a movie like that and you're actually getting them in a more traditional way that now you know, where other type of movies you have to do really targeted things digitally and, and all that because, you know, you're not going to get any kind of live audience on any other kind of television show. So there's a lot of different factors there. Likeable, great. And then, you know, it looked good immediately. The trailer was awesome. And the mm-hmm. hype was, you know, the reviews were good. <laughs> like, you know, we sure. always say yeah. we can overcomplicate these things. We can target. Um, we can we can market really intelligently. We can partner with great things. We can, you know, use Instagram to get to the millisecond of the person in the right moment at the right time. Or just make good stuff and people will go see it for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so all that other stuff is kind of around the margins. It's pretty rare, actually, that a really good 
mass appealing movie doesn't do well. Like mm-hmm. just if you make something for a mass audience, you know, a, a boxing movie kind of gets there, feel good story, pump them up movie, and it's good. You're going to make a lot mm-hmm. of money. Don't I don't think yeah. any of us expected 58 million domestically, but like sure. I think we thought this would do well. I think a key, the key to that is to make the good movie first. You know, all these other things can be parts of it, but but if the movie's not good, um, I Creed did really well with uh, like word of mouth. I know I went to see it with some friends, and then a couple nights later went to see it with another. It's, there's very few movies in the Mad About Movies era that I've gone to see in theaters more than once. You know, um, and that was one of them. And I had probably three different, three or four different groups. Uh, of friends reach out to me for this one. I'm like, Hey, we're going to see Creed three, you know, this night, if you want to, if you want to meet up with us or whatever. Um, it was a, it, it really, it kind of hit all of these different, uh, spots, but, but you're totally right, Richard. It's hey, but the movie has to be good. Number one. Also just last thing I'll say on, and then we can get into the movie. It's two hours long. I, I know we talk about it every freaking week, but it makes a difference guys for real. Like it for real makes a difference. Like I walked back in last night at whatever time it was. And Lindsay was like, Oh, Hey, I didn't expect you for another 30 minutes or whatever. Cause she is now just, we, she expects every movie is going to be two and a half to three hours long because <laughs> that's what it has been. And I was like, Nope, it was just two hours. It was, you know, it was good. She was like, Oh wow, it's great. You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. It's awesome. Like, please, please bring some of this back. Um, Seems like maybe that's a trend that we're starting to see, and that'd be wonderful. I'd really like that. Now, I'm sure Shazam is four and a half hours long. Maybe it's something you see with theatrical is trying to keep it under two hours, where they'll they'll still lean these Netflix exclusive ones. Yeah, it might be two hours forty, but you're at home, so you can pause it. You can come back to it. Sure, because I think you're right, Brian. I think. A lot of people look at the time and they say, can I block that much time out of my day to go up there and do it? Mm-hmm. You can pack in more screenings through the day yeah. too. I mean, it's just, it's. Yeah. It this one was showing business. once an hour Yeah, at my local uh, I theater. That. So I, this, uh, when I went and saw it today, I didn't know what time I was going to be able to see it, but luckily I could just pick an hour and go mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. in the day. It wasn't just like, yeah. well, if I don't get to get to this screening, then I won't get to see it. So. Love that. Amazing. All right, let's get in, let's get into the movie a little bit. Uh, Kent, what do you think about? Let's just let's start with the the story and the timeline of all this thing. Is they they we set you up with uh, some uh, some flashbacks, and then we flash forward a little bit, and then we flash forward all the way to uh, Adonis Creed post retirement. He's got like I don't know a six year old something like that. Uh, as all this comes to fruition, then we're gonna get some flashbacks here and there to to tell the story of how we got here. What what do you think about the the timeline and the story of this thing? I like the story. I thought the setup was nice. The initial setup was nice. I would say uh, we'll get into some technicalities around the setup that I don't know if I was thrilled about uh, a little bit later, but yeah, I like the retired creed in this awesome house. I mean, the house was dope in this, in this uh, movie, I don't know where they found it, if it was a set or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. but that, that was kind of a character in and of its own right, was the setting of the house, his new lifestyle, and how that juxtaposed with his old friend, Diamond Dame Anderson, Jonathan Majors. And it felt a little bit Fast and Furious, guys, in a way where it's like, wait, Dom has a brother? 
this whole time? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. how did we not know about this guy up until now if he's such an important part of uh, Adonis's upbringing? Uh, he was in jail. So I guess that's that's why. And they do have a lot of moments in the, this on, I should have been there for you. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they could have set that up uh, in Creed 1 if they knew where this was going to go in, in Creed 3. But I enjoy the fact that we have him retired now as sort of this promoter, this Don mm-hmm. King, you know, like Oscar De La Hoya has gotten into this side of the, the business now, this retired mm-hmm. boxer who was great and promotes fights within his own, uh, I think it's called Golden Boy promotions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes still boxes, like when somebody challenges him, he'll still step up to the plate in this kind of way. So things that was going, the comparison I made. Things are going really mind. well for him too, right? Say what? <laughs> things are going really well for old Oscar too, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> He 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 needs to stay unretired so that he can still <laughs> legally fight people. I think that's what that's what's going on. But yeah, it reminded me of that, and I thought it was a good setup. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I thought I I'm with you, Kent. Like, there's a there's a few things in here that you you kind of just have to sprinkle a little bit of movie dust into it, you know, um, which is fine. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going to nitpick, especially with a movie that I think is really well done. I actually thought they did a pretty good job, like because I I had the same thought at some point. I was like, it's a little, it's a little odd that this has never come up at any point in his life, you know. Um, through all this, just nothing. Okay, cool. But uh, I felt like as the movie goes and you get more explainer on it, and you you do get him kind of digging into his trauma and the everything associated with it. Uh, I felt like it, it did a good job of explaining away that stuff of just like, I try not to think about it because this is super traumatic and, and you know, I'm a man. I don't talk about my feelings, all that kind of stuff. I thought that was handled pretty well, but it did take a little bit of suspending re, re, uh, you know, reality just a bit um, through the course of it. But, but overall, Richard, I, I thought the storyline was really good. I think that's the thing that's maybe missing a little bit in the second movie as much as I really like the second movie as compared to one and now three, the Drago line uh, of story just kind of feels like not necessarily nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia, but, but it definitely feels like the, at the very least it's, it's, I think it's fair to say it's the least of the three in terms of yeah. the quality story it feels like on this stuff. The, the connection they wanted to make was to the Rocky series with Creed two. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they're like, let's have a connection in Creed's life this time. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that's uh that's a good way to put it. Um Arby, did you did you like this version of, of Adonis, this this post retired mm-hmm. promoter type? Did you did that work for you? Did did MBJ come through? Yeah, he worked you know, he's a great actor, he pulled it off, but uh, you know, it's also absurd because he just seems and reads so young. Obviously, boxing mm-hmm. is not an old man's game, but like, I don't know. It's like the idea of someone that's that vital being retired from anything is funny. Um, mm-hmm. But he pulled it off, obviously, very well. And I thought the the kind of promotion angle was strong. And I really liked the way they tied new angles of the Drago son into this and tied that with, with Drake and uh, with Dame, rather, not Drake. Um, and then, uh, and, and, 
that's felt believable. You had the you know that whole that whole kind of storyline as well. Continuing the Rocky tradition of enemies becoming your friend, kind of in this circular thing, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a you know time honored. So from Apollo Creed to all the way through, so yeah, that's all that the the kind of intertwining of the stories actually made me like number two better because it felt like it fully realized some of the other things about number two. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I enjoyed that quite a bit. It it. Gosh, MBJ is just, he's really good. He's just a really good actor. Uh, I also had a little bit of like, my brain tells me he's still, I mean, he looks like he's 25 years old. It's hard in, in some ways to buy him as a retired former athlete, even knowing that, that the the shelf life on a boxer is is either incredibly short or incredibly long. There's no like real in between uh, the way this stuff works. But uh, by the way, did you guys get the trailer for the George Foreman movie? Yeah. Did you did you see this? Yeah, I've been reading about that a little bit. It's a weird. <laughs> we'll see. It's not for me, man. They're um, saving okay. the the grill for the full length trailer. Was that a teaser? Yeah. That's the sequel, yeah. dude. You got to get. Yeah. You got to earn it with the origin story. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just truly amazing how George Foreman. Man, it's like every faith-based movie. It's like the second the trailer starts, like oh, church movie. Like I know, it's like the tone of the music or something. No, it is. It's it's the it's the worship music as score and the it's it's like the lighting and the I mean everything about it's just instantaneous. Oh, faith-based movie. Um, cool. Uh, anyway, uh, it it I think back to the point. There was a moment of. I'm kind of having a hard time buying him as retired athlete. And then he really sold it with his mannerisms and expressions and like this kind of like a little bit of desperation in the way that he's doing things mixed with the, you know, the boredom that we know a lot of uh, professional athletes and whatnot face post retirement stuff. I thought they got that. They did that perfectly. He, it felt real. His, um, Knowing that he needs to be retired, but missing everything about what he was doing pre-retirement. That makes sense. I think they, they got that done incredibly well. Really, really hit that. This didn't feel so much like a conclusion to a trilogy than I thought. Yeah. I mean, didn't it just feel like another Creed movie like Creed four, not to get spoilery, but it didn't have as much. Uh, looking back on his past and let's reflect on mm-hmm. Rocky and let's do all this, you know, it didn't feel I like we got to summarize this sure. guy's life or anything like yeah. that. Uh, it just like felt like another moment in Adonis's career essentially. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where it goes from here. But I, I kind of expected a little bit more of like, let's wrap this thing up story-wise mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. No, I I definitely think they left it open ended mm-hmm. without being ambiguous about it. I you know I think I appreciated that. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> as I was watching this, I was like, this basically is just a superhero movie, mm-hmm. but it's but without capes. Um, but that's pretty much every blockbuster um, at this point, and that's you know it's okay. It was Killmonger uh, versus Kang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something to that at least in the back of our brains. Um, <laughs> For for sure, but 
Uh, but even the way that it's shot in, in sequences and like it's very stylized and stuff, more so, I think, than one or two were. Uh, I think you see this was, you know, Michael B. Jordan's vision for this kind of stuff directorially. I want to ask you guys about that. Let's just let's go there. Actually, let's talk about let's talk about MGJ, MD, excuse me, MBJ as a director. Um, I did say I think the second one is admirably directed. Stephen Cable Jr. I think is the, the director on that. Oh, that's it's right. Fine. That wasn't Coogler. You're right. I yeah, forgot that. Yeah, um, but I, I rewatched I rewatched both of those movies a couple of days before went to see this one. Like I said, I like to quite a bit. It's a it's a solid, very good movie. Acting's very good. Some of the the stuff with his kid is very sweet and touching. The the redemption arc on Rocky is is great. Um and the montage sequence, like his training sequence is incredible. Probably better than than what's in this one or in the first one. But it is definitely missing something from a technical standpoint. Uh this was a this was a major I would for me, and then I can't you're you're really director guy here, uh and and shot composition and all that kind of stuff. I would say this is a big step up from a technical standpoint as compared to Creed 2, but still doesn't match Coogler in, in Creed. I think Creed 1 is like a perfectly shot movie in addition to everything else about it. So, uh, But it, this felt like, certainly it was closer to that than, than Creed 2 was, but for me yeah. at least. But wh- what about you? Yeah, Ryan Coogler has established himself as an auteur of sorts, so mm-hmm. he has his own definable quality that he brings when he is in the director's chair. Mm -hmm. I think Michael B. Jordan recognizes that. It's not going to try to be Ryan Coogler. It's going to do his own thing. I thought he did a admirable job with this. Of course, you live and die by the big fight scenes in these movies. And I thought they were Mm -hmm. really well done. I thought they looked good. I thought the editing was good. I thought the pre-visualization was good on them. Like you could tell that they actually sat down and said, okay, how do we want this to look instead of let's just get out there and shoot it and then mm-hmm. edit it together and hope that it works, which is, it feels like a lot of fight scenes are like that where there's no real direction before they get, actually get out there and shoot it on what they want to get accomplished. And so I appreciated that about it where there was a clear vision on the look and feel of that. Uh, we can get a little spoilery yeah. by talking about the last yeah. fight. Of course, this all leads up to a fight between, you know, Adonis and mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Major's character, Diamond Dame. And great name. I thought, great name for a character. I thought the way that that was set up, first of all, having it at Dodger Stadium was awesome. a, was yeah. a interesting choice and I thought a great aesthetic choice. Mm-hmm. set this up as the battle of los angeles or whatever mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can't just do another big boxing scene i think mm. and there's been how many rocky movies how many creed movies already how many fights in each of those movies right mm-hmm. i think we're at a point now the audience is where we've just seen all we can see with that not to mention all the other boxing movies, Raging Bull and all of that kind of stuff that that has brought their own unique flair to that. And so the choice that Michael B. Jordan made to make it kind of this surreal, psychedelic, in-your-own-head moment type of thing, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. loved. 
because this entire movie is leading up to that. So all I'm thinking in my chair watching this is like, what's the, what's the last fight going to be? What's it going to be like? How are they going to live up to expectation? You know, that's all I kept thinking about is how is he going to pull this off? Because he's setting the, setting the, the groundwork. Great. He's setting up the story. He's setting up the rivalry. Great. But this all has to pay off in the end. And I thought mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. swerve there was awesome. Because I would have been disappointed if it's just, oh, okay, yeah, they go, they fight, and whoever wins, sure. wins, and that's the end. And it was pretty typical. Yeah. It was not typical yeah. at all, and I appreciated that. Sure. What do you think about that, Richard? Yeah, I mean, I, I it felt, like I said, it felt more, I mean, all of this, this movie just felt very, in a cool way, both retro in terms of boxing is inherently retro, mm-hmm. and enormously 2023, right? It's like- mm-hmm. You can tell everyone that made this really understands sports because, you know, you could do a facsimile of something. You could do the wrong kind of show. But, like, first takes exactly where this would exist. So, like, even stuff yeah, like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and then down to the actual nuts and bolts of shooting the boxing. Not just shooting it, but, like, the structure of the fight felt um, quicker, faster, more mm-hmm. yeah. personal, more – it was a really – I don't know. It, it, I wouldn't even say it felt cinematic, the fight, because that's almost what made it great is that it didn't. It almost felt mm. felt kind of like you were at a great IMAX showing of a real fight. It didn't feel yeah. cinematic. But then yeah. that became very cinematic because it was so authentic. That was, that was mm-hmm. the thing. It just felt really, at least the, the experience I had in the theater, I, have, I weirdly had like an empty theater. So it was mm. kind of like watching on a big screen. There's a few people in there, but uh, given the box office on this, I was I was surprised because I saw it today, so I knew it had done really well. But I I felt really in it. I felt really immersed, and mm. and you know, good sound, and it was just it was really well well produced in a really authentically athletic way. How did you feel about the walkout sequences? <laughs> because it feels a little bit like these movies are like WWE in a way. Where the wrestler walkout is like as exciting, if not more exciting than the sure. actual match itself. You know, it's funny. I, mm. I have a big, I love, you know, I've, I've read a bunch of books about Muhammad Ali. I've watched all those old fights. I have a decent knowledge of like historic boxing, but mm. I haven't watched a fight in years. Same. And, yeah. and so my thing on that, my thought on that was, Ken, yeah, it felt kind of wrestling-ish the huge spectacle of the entrance. And I remember Tyson had some pretty crazy entrances and stuff, but they have them like that now. Boxers. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I, I was now. thinking yeah. like, of course I, I can't back that up with any kind of knowledge. Cause I, I haven't watched a fight in years, but like my thought was like, Oh, I bet that is what it's like now. I didn't think about that. Like with TikTok mm-hmm. and with just kind of the production value of everything and how the culture, you know, one of the great political theories of the last 20 years is like that culture has kind of become professional wrestling in a lot of ways. Like, Mm-hmm. All the terms mm-hmm. that you would use to cover professional wrestling, you can like use to cover politics now. Like, so it would make sense that boxing, which is much more closely related to professional wrestling than say like basketball, which is now mm-hmm. even basketball has like professional wrestling influences with introductions and stuff that of course boxing would have that even more so. So yeah, it felt true to me, even though I have no way to authenticate it in, in sure. current recent experience. Yeah. No, it, I, I think that stuff's great. Less yeah. like it's true and more like Bright Michael B. Jordan realized 
let's lean fully. Let's do five minutes of just the intros mm-hmm. of these two guys. Yeah. I thought Adonis Creed's intro is awesome. It was awesome. With yeah. the freaking well, robe but, and yeah. like the, I, I thought it was a little nod to Kugler with the, the following him through with the shoulder behind the back shot. Yeah. Uh, man, was that a robe from the original Rocky movie or something? Did I not catch that? Was that like Adonis? I'm not sure. Uh, Apollo Creed's dumb. robe or something? Yeah. Cause it looked like uh, it would be, I don't know, but yeah, it did. It did look uh, nostalgic on that front. Um, I love, I mean, I think the, 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 um, the Conlon uh, intro in Creed is one of the best scenes in that movie. And there's 10 great, yes. 10, 20 great scenes in that movie, but man, that's such that, an to me. Yeah. To me, that's my favorite yeah. moment in all the Creed movies is the, mm. the intro sequence of Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just sure. so yeah. oh, goosebumps. Yeah. This, this this one got that right, I think, whereas, again, I felt like two, not actually missed it, but it was just a little bit lesser. Um, this one this one came through really well on that, um, including, I think, the first fight introduction for, for, uh, for Diamond Dame. Like, him just coming in basically by himself in a robe with that kind of, uh, we need to talk about Jonathan Major. underdog. Six or seven hours, but, uh, like... <laughs> A, he's just an incredible actor. He's an incredible actor. He's so good. Um, he's already become that guy. You know, when somebody, not that we hadn't seen him in movies before, we have, but the the last few months to a year or whatever, it feels like he's sort of omnipresent in a way where you, at least for me, I sit back and I kind of feel like, hey, remember like a year ago when I barely knew who this guy was? This is so much better. He's so, so good in everything that he does. Um, here he he embodies that sort of like cagey hyper awareness and 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 nervousness that you you get with somebody who's been in prison for a long time. Have you ever been around anybody who's mm-hmm. spent some time in prison? Like that's, on edge, yeah, yeah, like always, kind of looking from side to side. At I mean, just at all times, but he got the the physicality and the mannerisms of of the acting side of things so well and then it i think that that makes when he kind of unleashes it and and goes kind of into just beast mode it's terrifying i mean he's a terrifying opponent um first for for felix and then then for creed at the end of it um go to you first on this one richard jonathan majors good i <laughs> this is this was pretty impressive yeah yeah he's great in this he's he's like it's such a that's such a difficult part i'd love if he got nominated for this if there's especially if that's a supporting mm-hmm. role i think it's a co-lead but if that's a supporting role mm-hmm. i can't imagine there's you know five better performances than that in that spot this year if there is awesome great year right but that's right. a really tough thing right where he's menacing and creepy and uh, calculating and he's pulling all the strings mm-hmm. and you are really off put by this person. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you got a sympathy for the situation and you know that there's some, there's a good person in there the whole time. It's not, it's almost like the opposite of an anti-hero. It's like an mm-hmm. uh, anti-villain, you know, it's like he's this yeah, villainous yeah. person in the movie, but you know, you're, you're hoping that it comes around from at the end. And it, it, talk about that at the end the the, mm-hmm. the way it kind of mm-hmm. comes around. But yeah, I mean that I feel like that's such an emotionally hard thing to play and I don't think a lot yeah. of people could and I would put degree of difficulty in that part 
at like, you know, 10 out of 10 plus, oh yeah, you got to be in insane shape (laughs) Um, and be really physically menacing and stuff. Like, man, again, if there's five better performances than that, uh, come this time next year, we'll, we'll be talking about 2023 is a great year in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can't, where do you, where'd you fall on this performance? Yeah. Gosh, he is an incredible actor. I thought the characterization, the nuance that he put in to the character of Dame was unbelievable. The, like the stuttering that uh, Jonathan Majors did with the character. I 100% believed that this guy was who he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I believed that he was who he was acting as. And what was also interesting to me was the fact that they didn't have this sequence of Diamond Dame in prison, working out, hardening mm-hmm. himself, Same. becoming a boxer, yes, working point. his way up the ranks of the prison boxing yeah. uh, society. You know, like that had to have been a studio note. Like, hey, it'd be great if we knew his yeah. history. And Michael B. Jordan's like, we don't need that. No, all no. I got to do is say, hey, man, I've been training and I'm ready. Like, that's all you yeah. have to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Great point. And so I appreciated that. Man, it's tough because you're right. You've got this character who obviously had a, uh, you know, mistakes in his past and Adonis helps him out. I was conflicted at the end. I was like, I don't know who I want to win this because I want Diamond Dame to live his dream, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that moment at the end, uh, let's get spoilery now. For sure. Should we? Yeah. Spoilers coming up. Spoilers. Definitely spoiling. Spoiling. Spoiling the movie. No. At the end uh, of the fight, when Adonis has come out victorious and they just have that moment together in the locker room and they just sit there in silence. I thought that was the moment of the movie for me where everything Mm -hmm. leads up to that and whatever... Adonis says in that moment is going to determine what happens with their relationship from now on. Right. Sure. Yeah. You've all yeah. built it up. It can go either way. Right. You can say mm-hmm. F you man mm-hmm. and, and take his belt and leave and say, you should never enter my arena. I'm the man and peace. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can have sympathy for him, which isn't what ended up happening. But I love the, the right. setup and, you get to that moment and they just let it breathe for like a good minute before any words are spoken. And he just could feel the tension in the room. I love that. I do too. I, the, I found myself in that fight rooting for Adonis, but also really wanting some redemption for this character and kind of understanding again, I think this is Richard. You kind of touched on this. I think it gets the sports aspect of this, right? So just done so, so well of this sort of um i don't even know if it's necessarily understated but maybe it's just like the 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 c story through all this of adonis needing to prove it to this guy and that he that he is who he says he is and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff like you didn't you were in prison when i was the champion basically and yeah yeah and and i man i think they got that gosh they could just get the sports stuff done so well here it it I love that. I love when a sports movie actually comes through on the sports element of it. Um, but yeah, I found myself being like, man, obviously I wanted Adonis to win this, but I really want this guy 
to get some redemption at the end of it. And, and that's what we get. That scene is incredible. It's such a, it's touching and, and almost sweet. And, but also just kind of heart wrenching because of what these two kids went through. And I think the movie too, does a really great job of delving into trauma and the experiences that people are holding, you know, at all times, um, no matter how good things have gotten. I mean, that you know, you've got, here's Creed, who's literally on top of the world and has this incredible, everything is great for this guy. And he still has this, this childhood trauma in the back of his mind because he's never dealt with it. They did that. The movie did that very well with, without letting it become, overly dominating in terms of the storyline or like the kind of woe is meism that it could become as well. Um, I thought it handled that stuff very appropriately. And in like a, again, I think a, a pretty realistic way of him sort of, uh, sort of dealing with this on his own and then kind of letting it bubble to the surface a bit and then coming to fruition with, with the death of his mom. That scene is, just a gut punch um, when she starts to call him Apollo and everything. Gosh, man, that was a, that's incredible acting too. beautiful sequence there, but letting this, like this new event be the thing that kind of that, that finally allows him to say, okay, I need to talk about this. I need to get this stuff out there. I, I don't know. It felt like a very authentic way to handle trauma and PTSD and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. I thought I thought it was it was it was pretty beautiful. So then to have it come full circle at the end there with basically both of them forgiving each other and letting each other off the hook because they were children when all this happened to them and whatnot um, was a really really sweet, touching Man. way to to close out their relationship. I thought the line from uh, Creed of where he says it wasn't your fault, and he says it wasn't mm-hmm. your fault either. And like mm, he lets yeah. him off the hook for the guilt he's felt. Like this guy's yeah. been in prison. Like imagine, right. right? Like for him to say, "Dude, you don't have to be guilty. You don't have to feel guilty either. Like you can mm. let this go too. Mm. It's not just like yeah. me, you, and I. It's like you yourself can get past this." Right. And that was right. a beautiful moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But also, I mean, again, to the to the point of this is sports. I mean, that is a very. Mm. That's a very real thing uh, with I'm not just with with men, but with competitive athletes, whatever, um, wherever you add on that, like how many times have you been in a gym where you you end up almost fighting somebody and then be like, hey, man, <laughs> like, you know, we getting beers now or what? I mean, you just like it's it's sometimes you have to. I normally fight referees, but yeah, I fought. Mm-hmm, I've yeah, tried to fight a yeah. few players. <laughs> right. Right. Um, there's just, I don't know. It, it was another spot where I'm like, gosh, I think they're, they're, they're getting this, uh, they're getting this right. Doing things, doing things the right way. I thought the boxing was incredible. You, you touched on it, Richard. I, this is, that was one area where I think this movie is better than, than, uh, the first one is the boxing feels prime, like violent and real and authentic. Like when you, I'm with you, I haven't watched a big fight in a long time, but I, I used to, be pretty into that. And those times when you randomly caught a fight where it was like, Oh crap, oh, these guys are like going yeah. at it. Like they're throwing haymakers, not just jabs and, and, you know, ducking and diving and stuff like that. I think it helps too um, to have I, the person. It certainly helped the original Rockies, you know, with like, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, as they got 
as it went more and more. But like, I think it probably helps to have the person doing the fighting really directing a lot of the scenes too. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's a good point. You know, he's in there. He good knows point. that kind of physicality. You kind of can maybe be a little more creative than someone in operating mm-hmm. in third person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, totally get that for sure. Um, where does this series go from here? Can't I don't think it's over either. I don't think this feels like the the end of the Creed story. But um, but he's retired again, I guess. So what what, what do we do now? Where does it go from here? It feels like they could either do another movie where he returns as the champ. I feel like they could do another movie if Jonathan Majors is down with it where he wants or Dame wants a rematch. I'm surprised mm, they didn't okay. set that up at the end with mm-hmm. Dame being like, So can I get a rematch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like now that now that we're cool on a personal level level, can we just make this professional? You know? And sure. and I think they could go there. I think they obviously set it up with his daughter wanting to pursue boxing. Mm-hmm. So I think you could do a whole nother series where he's in a more of a mentor role and sure. is, is training his daughter to become a boxer. So they could go mm-hmm. that direction. So I would say probably one more movie with Michael B. Jordan fighting and then probably move it to the daughter. That's what okay. I would do. All right. I can see that. Arby, you have any thoughts on the continuation of this story? I think he fights Rocky. No. Um, <laughs> just, they do like an ALS challenge yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Like charity. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I would have thought you know, that this, the lesson of Rocky is don't make too many. Yeah, but man, did this make a lot of money, and it was really well received, and it and it's really good. So it's hard to say not to do a fourth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'd stick away. I'd stay away from a fifth just for juju reasons. Rocky Five is pretty <laughs> rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rocky Four is pretty. You know, end of the Cold yeah. War. Right. So there's that. But uh, were you guys? I was a little bit disappointed that like this had basically zero Rocky reference other than like adonis creed being who he is there wasn't there wasn't like oh let's let's bring in like the rocky theme at the end of the movie or something mm -hmm. like that there was it was like no connection to rocky which i understand like we need to make this its own thing but at the same time Mm -hmm. we can't ignore where this came from in my opinion that was one of the areas where i felt like you just kind of had to use a little bit of movie dust of because if this is a real thing, if this is really happening, you're definitely getting Rocky is definitely calling from wherever he is. Mm-hmm. And like, Hey, do you need me to come in or giving advice or whatever? To the point that I almost expected him. Like there's a scene like as he, um, right before his intro for the final fight, he like turns the corner and walks into a dark hallway. And it's, you know, it ends up being like 10 seconds basically of him walking down to his, his intro and I almost thought, like, are they about to? Is Rocky about to? Maybe right they left a. Just, maybe they left a place where, like, if if Sly wanted to do a cameo, that's where they could do it. Yeah, like they left a yeah, little could like be. Could be. we could splice it in right here type of thing. You know, yeah. I, I certainly yeah, feel be. that. I I didn't even know that that was a rumor until I got home from the movie and started, you know, putting my notes together and saw a, a headline that says no sly will not be in creed three like there was i guess there was a rumor or thought that he would show up in this i didn't even think about it sure yeah yeah i mean it's it was pretty easy to set that aside because it's a movie you know but it but i did have a thought of like man 
kind of expected. I, you know, it's hard to remember everything. I'm pretty sure he had like a potential Me Too thing that came up right around when they probably were going to go in for, mm. you know, scripting on all this kind of stuff. And so maybe it's just, it was, as far as I don't as know, any, I don't think anything came of that. Could, could be totally wrong because it's impossible to keep track of all this. As long stuff as it now. doesn't change Expendables 4 from coming out, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, we get Whatever. that this this summer. Just we get that this summer. Um, it maybe could have used a reference here or there, but if you do that, then you got to bring him in. You got to film the scenes or scene, and maybe that changes the tone. I don't maybe know. Maybe just I mean, like a felt- picture in his gym of Rocky, and just like yeah. look up at it and acknowledge yeah. it or something. Sure. I was just surprised. I mean, it was I th- zero. Uh, it was like no Rocky. Yeah, I would guess that they they had lots of conversations about killing him off, like just having mm. him having died. Um, post retirement or something like that, but decided we don't want to do that because we want the it. Maybe maybe three years from one. now we have a great story yeah. where we're where got to make another round of the Oscar. In, you know, yeah, yeah. Should have got it. Should have got yeah. it. So, Mark okay. Rylance, what have you ever done? <laughs> what sucks is Mark Rylance rules so <laughs> hard. He's so good in that movie and in every movie, he's incredible. Just like we've given him, how about we find another one somewhere down the line to give you, and we'll let this one. Yeah, I don't think Sly is going to have a lot of swings at that. Yeah, it's not a lot of. Don't think Expendables Four is going to going to get him in that conversation. But you never know. You never know. Um, okay, I love this. That was great. That's that's all I've got. On anybody else got any thoughts, or we want to grade this and and get into weekly recommends? I th- I mean, Tessa Thompson's great. That's the only other note. Tessa Thompson's great. The storyline with with the the daughter's great. I I. I've really gotten to where I love seeing um, hearing impaired characters on screen and like the attention to detail that goes to towards making um, to making that like not feel like a like tokenism or like this is just a you know a thing that's but to really engage that and um, to sign I think with authenticity and the emotion that goes into it and everything I love that I thought I thought it was handled. Um, incredibly well. I'm always always happy to see that stuff being done uh, done well on screen. And so, I think Wood Harris cool. from The Wire being in this is awesome, awesome too. Too. He's, too. He's yeah, he's incredible. Great and, cast, man. And to have Michael B. Jordan with yeah. him, it makes yeah. sense again. And that's a that's another nice, great character. Yeah, Duke. Yeah, good good soundtrack too. They use sound they they use songs a little more than score to push the the action and stuff, especially during like the training montages and whatnot. Um, and that was a, that was a fun change. I think despite, I mean, I love, love, love the, uh, the training montages in, in the previous two movies and the, the score and the Rocky theme building and everything like that. But it was kind of cool to see them go a a different direction with that. One other note I did have, that was kind of a big one that I was saving the buy-in as an audience on Dame getting a title shot so quickly, is that sure. was that hard for you guys to accept? It wasn't for me because we live in a world where Logan Paul fought Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> right. So no yeah. boxing match, in my opinion, is out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of viewed it. But I can see as an audience member being like, wait, this guy's out of prison and now he's getting a world title shot. This come on. Yeah. I was hoping for Butterbean, but if it wasn't gonna <laughs> Butterbean, be, then <laughs> yes. this is Butter the way to go. Uh, yeah. No, I think it totally works because that that is A, that is boxing. 
and B, that's the that's the legacy of this this whole series. Like that's Rocky, you know. That's that's Apollo fighting Rocky. Um, just yep. with jail mixed in. Exactly. So I think it works really well. Yeah, and no problems with it. So okay, uh, let's do grades. Kent, what about you? What's what's uh, what's your grade for Creed three? Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I would still rank it as. I don't know, maybe third or second in the in the Creed series, just because I think Creed is so great. I think Sly mm-hmm. just makes it that much better having that element in it. It's just the icing on the cake. Uh, I'll go I'm like between a B plus and an A minus, so I'll go A minus. Okay, Richard, what about you? I just got out of this a little bit ago, so I'm kind of these kind of movies are hard to grade. I wish I hadn't seen it right away. Or right before recording, because you're you're it's such an emotional high, you know. You come, you're so mm-hmm. jacked up. So I'm gonna. So I want to give it an A plus. I'm gonna give it a solid A, just to like. I feel like in two weeks I might knock it down one, but I'm I'm feeling it's very. It's like a 96 for me. Okay, that's good. I'm kind of the opposite, actually. I I walked out saying. Um, that was incredible. I loved it. I had a whole bunch of fun with it. Very, very good, but it's not as good as one. And, uh, and kind of comparing the two through the course of the movie, I think, and the conversation has talked me up. So I'm going to go a plus a plus. This was awesome. I, I think, I mean, it's very hard to say this early in the, in the year. It's kind of like talking about the MVP in basketball in in the uh, first week of November, but this feels like a top tenner already, which is great. It'd be cool to, like we always say, if this doesn't make my top ten, then it's gonna it, that will probably mean that this has been a pretty great year. So, um, and majors majors helps that a whole bunch, whole bunch. So, good stuff. Awesome. This has been fun. Good conversation. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Richard, what is your weekly recommend yeah. this week, my friend? Mine's a book that actually just came out. I think last week. Um, by James B. Stewart and Rachel Abrams. James B. Stewart did the Disney Wars book. Um, he also did Den of Thieves, which is a great um, about the junk bond scandal. Um, but he just did a new book about the whole um, Sumner Redstone Paramount legacy. It's kind of real life succession, like who's going to get all the money? Oh, sweet! All the people that are you know were ripping him off and conning him. There's like this weird love triangle where. This actor slash con man was dating one woman that was trying to rip off and then tipped it all. I mean, it's a crazy story. Um, Of course, David Boyce shows up in it. The most anyone that reads current nonfiction, that lawyer shows up somehow in every story ever. Um, So, yeah, it's a fascinating read. Really, really wild kind of old Hollywood. You know, that guy made his money like with like drive in theaters and stuff. And so um, and then kind of took over Paramount Viacom became you know, this executive chairman of a really powerful conglomerate that has both made and lost a lot of money depending on the year. So, uh, and then obviously all the less moon vest stuff that comes into play as the book goes on. So oh, they go into that. Oh yeah. So it's all nice. about, nice. it's about all that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a book you guys would both like, but I think a lot of our listeners would as well, but yeah, once There's again, unscripted, almost James nothing more I like in a subject matter than entertainment industry books i just love those i love drama with studios and i'm excited for that new oscar wars book that is coming that's out too came out i think two or three weeks ago oh nice i need to get need to look at that yeah disney wars was great 
yeah. that's a yeah. that's another side recommend uh, that um, yeah, you know goes into one. the Eisner yeah. stuff a bunch. But mm-hmm. yeah, check that one out. But what's it called again, Richard? It's called Unscripted. Unscripted. The epic battle for the Immediate Empire and the Redstone family legacy. James Unscripted. B. Stewart and Rachel By James Abrams. B. Stewart. Got it. Sweet. Love it. Awesome. Kent, what about you? What's your weekly around? Uh, Yeah, just one second. Hold on. I was writing it down. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to recommend something that is just so nostalgic. And there's sometimes where you just want to turn your brain off, you know, whether it's wrestling. It's the end of the season, the NFL, and I'm just like, want mindless entertainment. And it's perfect timing for me, you guys, because South Park is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the latest episode, Randy Marsh gets a bidet. And it is so <laughs> effing funny. So check that one out. The new episode of South Park. It's called Japanese Toilet. Oh, and it'll make that. you laugh. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> it's great. Very good. Um, I'm going to recommend... Let's see. I'll recommend a movie. Uh, that or a documentary that came out on on the Netflix a couple weeks ago. That's uh, I think Tobin and I are gonna do a quick review of at some point on our basketball podcast. Spread the floor. It's called Bill Russell Legend. Uh, it is a little documentary. Sorry, my letterbox is like playing ads. What the crap is going on? Did um, you guys uh, see the SNL? What's his name? James Austin Johnson yeah, doing Bill, Bill Walton. Bill Walton, yeah. Yeah, that was yes, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's awesome. Walton loved it. Yeah, and then so Walton's fifteen tweet um, oh, response to it. Ken oh, is great too. It's just like <laughs> oh, I came is? home. Yeah, it's like he so does high. like Bill Walton doing Bill Walton. <laughs> He's like, I came home, you know, so covered funny. in stardust yeah. from a beautiful UCLA <laughs> night. I turn much on to my, my TV, chagrin, much to my I, surprise, I see yeah. myself. And in that moment, I realized I am alive in both two bodies. You know, it's like he just goes on this great. <laughs> what an like, God, American this treasure. So good, man. It's so good. Walton <laughs> rules so hard. Uh, I, I love him. I love him. Uh, Bill Russell, though, anyway, is what we're talking about. Yeah, this is Bill Russell. Uh, who The second you know, greatest Bill Celtics Russell Bill. Is. Yeah. As he's one of them. Bill Russell was the, uh, I don't know, You it's, it's somewhere between the second and fifth best basketball player of all time. I don't know. Uh, won all of the championships in the 60s and was a, like, outspoken to the point that it hurt his own career and whatnot uh, for for social justice and uh, was, did not suffer fools, um, I think is a, that's, a, that's is a the best way, way to put it. Yeah, there you go. To put it, yeah. Yeah. At times was a very cantankerous person and then also at times was right to be a cantankerous person but uh anyway very famously bill russell like did not he wouldn't sign autographs he was even difficult for other players to deal with uh things like that but um this was he sort of softened a little bit in the last couple years of his life and um this documentary is interesting because it doesn't it very clearly was like, I'm not willing to participate in this kind of thing. So they have some archival footage and, and stuff from past interviews that he did on camera, but then they, they sort of fill in the gaps with, uh, 
with interviews with current players and and former players, Larry Bird and Steph Curry and LeBron and all of these people. Um, and then also they have the great Jeffrey Wright reading. I thought you were going to say Epstein. From, Sorry. That's your other yeah. podcast. <laughs> uh, read, reading stuff from his autobiographies and stuff to kind of fill in the gaps as they, they tell his whole story um, from growing up. So it's, it's, they say it's a series. It's really just a three hour movie. It's a two part series. I guess. That's one of the great documentary it's hacks really now. Uh-huh. Is yeah. just get the audible and use that uh-huh. yeah. for three yeah. hours of narration. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good bit. It's a good bit. Uh, it's the very it's very Ken Burns. Can we get a Bill Walton? They don't doc, put up words though? on the screen for real. So. Let's get a Bill Walton four episode arc. arc. Richard's friends with episode Bill. four is so just can, him at a Grateful Dead show. Yeah. They announced yeah. a thirty for thirty on Bill Walton. In August. Yeah. Oh, they did? Okay, yeah. good. So Can't we will be wait. getting it. Yeah. That will yeah, be I out. think we need to do an episode. He's the best, man. It's being directed by the guy that made Hoop Dreams, Steve James. Yes. Yes, that's right. Huge. It's a huge deal. Huge If deal. it's not okay. just hanging out with Bill Walton, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> he does have a, he that. has an audible memoir that I read about five years ago that's fantastic. Uh-huh. And the whole thing is about his recovery from he had horrible back things. Like he had to lay in a dark room for like three years. With mm. you know wanting to die basically because of his back, and then right. he got it healed somehow. Mm. Finally, Aaron Rodgers does that for fun, yeah, exactly so, you know, for two days. That. Coward didn't even make it the full four days, <laughs> but um, and then the whole rest of the book is just Bill Russell going or Bill Walton going. Uh, I could walk again. I could see my friends, but most importantly, I could ride my bike i ride my bike from san diego to portland i ride my bike and it's just him listing cities he rides his bike to and i was like this is the best audible ever <laughs> just gotta get it man. i love him i love him so much right. <laughs> he's a real human Sweet. being that's amazing he's the best the best human <laughs> love it all right let's get out of here this has been creed three uh, thank you so much for listening thanks for being here uh if you want more mad about movies well, do I have the deal for you? Go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. And for five bucks a month, you can join our VIP club. You can get an additional episode every week on a throwback or a retrospective uh, movie. This week, we'll be talking about 1983's The Outsiders. Um, we have all kinds of fun movies coming up in that uh, that VIP club. And you get access to the literal hundreds of movies that we have done throwback episodes on as well as uh you get into our exclusive discord you can talk to movie fans all day long if you want to and occasionally even we show up in there madmovies slash vip to sign up for more of that we'll be back next week i believe probably talking scream six Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya Your salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again 